Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You are sounding like you had a long week. You get a little sick? Yeah, I, I brought the blockchain bug back with me uh, into Seattle. Uh, shook like 10,000 people's hand and had a... Uh, had some beers as well, and those combined turned into a little sickness, but it wasn't too bad. I was at I was in New York for Blockchain Week, starting from Saturday when I went to Magical Crypto Conference all the way till Wednesday night, and whew, I think I drank every single night. I try to go on a yeah. run here and there, but it takes a toll on the body. Yeah, and running in New York's not that fun. I arrived Sunday night and uh, was going to leave uh, Thursday after consensus and consensus went from uh, Monday to Wednesday. And so we had a real tea booth. We had a bunker booth and I was hopping between both of them. And then uh, Thursday night I was going out with my boss and everything. Uh, no, Wednesday night I was going out with uh, with my boss and the rest of my company and went to went to a steakhouse as ether pumped from like 220 to 280. And that felt really, really good. Uh, and then, uh, and then my boss was like, you know, you should stay around and, uh, go, go promote realty at ETH, uh, ETH, uh, New York and you can go to token summit. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll stay, stay till New York till Sunday. So I went from Sunday to Sunday and it was exhausting. I came back to 120 emails. Oh my God. That sounds yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like coming back on Sunday night and like you wake up on Monday and you'd be like, fuck, it's Monday. <laughs> like I don't even have a rest. <laughs> Dude, that's long. I actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure I took, I took Thursday half off. I just like chilled. I was feeling a little sick myself and I just took care of the body and I'm a I'm hundred percent now. So I could see it took the toll on you though. <laughs> yeah. I went to my first crypto party, which was, uh, basically two empty rooms and very loud music and then and then rapping and it was just it was so fucking weird dude like what on well while i was on my way out some guy was on his way in he was like oh like what's going on like there's not many people here i'm like oh yeah no go upstairs that's where all the people are and he goes oh sweet are there girls there and i'm like dude like what the fuck industry are you in man <laughs> like and are also, there girls why are you there here? <laughs> yeah are there girls there this is college <laughs> We have fun, dude. Hold your breath. They'll, they'll be here shortly. <laughs> Let's just talk about some Ewasm and and sharding. Yeah. <laughs> I felt kind of bad because I literally went into the party and and continued conversations that I had been having all day in New York. Like you know, like when do you guys think proof of stake is coming? And like, what do you guys think about this? And like, it was not a party environment at all. It just went from uh co-working space to just a, a loud room with a strobe light and mu- music and the topics of conversation just did not change <laughs> i mean nothing really changes after work we talk about crypto anyways sometimes we get drunk yeah, yeah. i mean that's kind of why we're here is because we talked about crypto every single waking moment in our non-professional lives that we decided to make it our professional lives and now we don't really know what to uh what to replace our non-professional lives with I've replaced it with a, a podcast and a bunch of articles about crypto, so I'm not doing too hot on the diversifying my hobbies front. How are the girlfriends going? Any ladies? <laughs> not not crypto ladies, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, yeah, dude, blockchain week was weird. Uh, I would like to call it Bitcoin week. I feel like there's like two halves. There's, there, there's kind of like consensus in the middle, and then everything else was like, 
for the most part, like a Bitcoiner event or like an Ethereum or like a blockchain event. Everything um, else event. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. But like there was a pretty substantial like Bitcoin crowd there, which is pretty awesome. There's one thing while I was at Consensus, I've, I've been in, in debate with a lot of people in my social channels about like how bad the bear market actually was. And I can't really, I can't personally tell how bad it was because A, it was my first bear market and B, I'm also a really Zen person. So like watching the price go from 1400 to 80, I was like, hmm, okay. Like, I guess this is how this works. This is what we signed up for. But meanwhile, other people are like bleeding out of their eyes. And so like everyone kind of perceives how bad the bear market was differently. But going into consensus, I can definitely say that the bear market could should have and could have been a lot worse because there were some dumb projects there dude like the bear market did not cleanse everything out like some of those projects needed to have gone for sure no dude there's still a lot of dumb projects that's for sure man oh man there was dude i I bumped into one and this was actually at mcc i could not believe it but um it was like ebay on the blockchain and had token (laughs) i'm like what? I thought there was a Bitcoin maximalist conference. Like, what? what is this shit? Uh-huh. Like, I, I went around and collected those little, like, metal tokens, little metal coins that so many, like, booths have, and just all these little shit coins, and now I have, like, uh, I, I literally tried to take as many as, many as I could just so I could start playing poker with these. So I have, like, 20 protocol tokens. Like, you're these protocol to- coins for this blockchain that I've never heard of. It's like, oh yeah, we are we are scalable blockchain built for mass adoption. I'm like, well, I haven't fucking heard of you, so like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take your shitcoin and play poker with it later. Man, what kind of marketing director just like sits there? He's like, you know what? People are gonna want a metal version of my coin, and they're gonna keep it around. They're just gonna, you know, this is a desirable piece of merch, and like this random whatever coin like has some like symbol that no one's ever heard of. And they're just, like, passing it out like someone actually wants it. Like, what the fuck? Like, literally, the metal that the, that the coin is printed on is worth more than the actual coin itself. <laughs> and they devalued the metal by putting the <laughs> shit coin on it. There was a... While I was at the Realty booth, there was the, uh, the Tron guy, Justin's son, with, like, his big black guy mark, uh, bodyguard, who apparently was his also not his bodyguard, but instead his marketer. So that was just a rumor. Um, but I was telling uh, the uh, the guy that was manning the booth with me, the real estate side of, of Realty, who Justin's son was. And I was just not being inconspicuous at all. So I was just telling exactly who Justin's son was to this guy. I was like, yeah, he uh, he pumps this, this coin called Tron a lot, and he makes himself the face of it. And uh, he's generally a scammer. He's a pretty bad man. And uh, this big, massive, buff black guy like like looks right at me because he heard me. And as as I walked away from the booth, I was like, oh yeah, okay. I don't feel that <laughs> Sorry. way, about Justin. I think he's taken advantage of uh, market incentives and has made a lot of money doing it. Yeah, he's not. I mean, yeah, he's in it. He's in it to pump his coin. He's not in it to build a blockchain ecosystem. But I I guess that's my qualitative opinion of him. I don't really know. I, I just think it's well. funny that he will rip anything off just completely like unapologetically on all the Dare windows to DeFi. oh my god just like it was kind of funny like i don't know if it was like a plus marketing job or c minus marketing job dare to DeFi. i mean if you know something's valuable you gotta steal it it's what i mean he stole a white paper so like we should be expecting this as soon as we discover anything of value he's gonna put it on tron but not actually just as a marketing term it's the real fat protocol <laughs>
<laughs> the fat fat marketing protocol, not the actual protocol itself. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a good or bad idea, Justin's son will take it. Uh, at least he'll try out all the marketing for us. I guess that's what we're doing for him. Oh, man. So speaking of consensus, there was a little bit of a consensus pump. What are What's happening yeah. with prices? I feel like we haven't done like a prices chat in a while. So my my boss, Greg, uh, who has um, I have three bosses, Remy, Greg and Paige. So my boss, Greg, who's been in the crypto space basically as early as you can can get it. Uh, has been to every single consensus and ha- is a firm believer in the consensus pump. And he talks about how there were just like hella traders outside of consensus on their phones and interviewing people coming in and out of consensus, asking for like, hey, how does the quality of consensus feel? Um, you know, what's the quality of the projects? Like, what's the uh, what's the sentiment? Are people excited? And uh, he, he claims that there are that people definitely do trade off of the information coming out of consensus as consensus is like a a litmus test for the next year of crypto and uh, everyone was super excited at this consensus there was a lots of activity lots of people meeting other people um, and like like I was shitting there was a uh, shitting on projects there there was a lot of shitty projects there but there were also a lot of real ones too so uh, you know he thinks that the consensus pump is is uh, you know a litmus uh, people taking information out of the actual consensus event and and projecting that onto the next year in crypto and so people thought that that was optimistic so uh, i take that with a grain of salt but i thought that was interesting analysis so are we going up or down based on the consensus sentiment from here on out uh uh fuck i don't i don't know dude but i i think we're going up like i'm i'm buying a little bit more aggressively than usual yeah, I've moved into the the weekly dollar cost average. <laughs> you, what were you before? Not buying anything. <laughs> Not weekly. Not weekly. Just just as the market opportunity presented itself. You know, I have my means and my methods. Sometimes I post them in our chat. I can't wait for uh, for WBTC to get put on Ethereum from Cosmos in a more permissionless manner, so you can send your Bitcoin to MakerDAO as we release multi-collateral die and then you you'll understand how cool DeFi is because you can buy more bitcoin through MakerDAO. dare to DeFi. dare dare to do it i dare you to i double dog dare you i mean i have ethereum like i could DeFi if i really wanted to but i'm not how do you feel about the ether versus bitcoin chart right now i don't know i haven't really looked at it yeah over okay. over since the beginning starting at like uh 20, 2016 that's a long time frame. When in doubt, zoom out, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So go go to Coin Market Cap, go to the Ethereum chart, and put it in log, and look at it from from 2016 till now. All right. How's that? How's that look to you? How's that look? I mean, it looks bullish. Super bullish, right? You can get more bitcoins right now if you buy Ether. This is, this is financial advice. Well, that's the only, that's like one of the only reasons <laughs> to buy Ether, right? <laughs> like, let's be real here. I mean, honestly, like, the dollar chart looks good. The Bitcoin chart looks less good. The dollar chart and the Bitcoin chart are almost the same looking charts. Yeah, except the Bitcoin chart is still, like, angling down, whereas the dollar chart is, like, very... Yeah, since, since, mm, since a little bit after May of 2017... It's the the Bitcoin chart has been angling down while the dollar chart has been. I mean, like that's flat-ish. a little bearish, but it looks like I mean I'm not like dude that I, I I can't do TA I can't do TA especially on on audio, but 
Like, I, the only TA I do is I look at the chart and be like, hmm, I like that, or hmm, I don't like that. Yeah, this is this is really primitive shit. If you want the good stuff, Murad, Daniel, uh, Daniel, or sorry, fucking David Puel, not Daniel Puel, David Puel. Um, you know, those those are the TA guys. I wouldn't say that's TA though. That's that's definitely fundamental analysis because they're looking into the actual blockchain data, right? Oh, they they do them both. They do them both. I don't know. I'm not going to recommend traders here. I don't pay attention to any of them to be honest. So. Whatever. Yeah, if you're a trader and you're listening to the show, like we find a different show. <laughs> no, hey, there's there's plenty of room for traders here. If you're uh, interesting, we'll have you on. But you know, just we don't know how to trade. I just buy, buying Bitcoin, yeah. stacking sats. When it goes up, I buy. When it goes down, I buy. But sometimes I buy more when it goes up, and that's the mistake. But you know, who knows? It all get washed out in the in the distant future. So when do you stop buying ether? Like at what point you're like, okay, we're overheated. I'm gonna pump the brakes. Thousand dollars. But that was the last top. Right. Do you think Bitcoin is gonna stop at its last top? Do you think Bitcoin is gonna stop at twenty thousand dollars? No. Okay. So I guess I mean actually, yeah, you're right. Because I would probably stop buying Bitcoin before twenty. Yeah. I'll stop. I'll stop buying ether around much. around its all time high. And I don't really count its all-time high as like 1400 because it's spent like half of a day there. So its all-time high to me is like 1100-ish because that's where it actually hung out for a while. Uh, and then that's when I'll stop buying and then I'll wait for it to go to $1 billion and then I'll start selling. $1 billion. <laughs> $1 billion <laughs> per ether. <laughs> oh, but then $7 XRP. <laughs> <laughs> It's mathematically impossible to not happen. At Blockchain Week, I was uh, I was kicking it with some Bitcoiners, and I was joking around. I was like, "When one cent sat, <laughs> what what does that make Bitcoin? Eight eight zeros, seven zeros? Eight no, zeros. no, ten zeros. If it's a one cent what, sat, so I think there's a there, there's a hundred million sats in a Bitcoin. God, this is embarrassing if I don't get this right. But yeah, I mean, it's freaking retarded. It's over. It's over a hundred million dollars. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin. No, 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 a hundred million dollar. I multiplied. I multiplied one cent by um, one plus eight zeros. I said do- dollar sets. Our listeners are not enjoying themselves right now. Let's move on. <laughs> one cent set is actually kind of maybe. Maybe that could be something reasonable. Yeah, maybe. One okay. yeah, ether is but, divisible to eighteen units, so one cent, one cent guay is this, or way is like in, in, in fucking possible. That's like that's like a billion dollar ether. Even more. Yeah, that's like more. seven dollar XRP. <laughs> How much is XRP divisible to? I don't know XRP facts. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they should they should just move the decimal on XRP so it goes up to five hundred dollars. They just move it two places over. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. We just created wealth. Inflation. The funny thing is that's how it's working right now. It's, yeah, you know, that is how inflation works, isn't it? <laughs> um, yo, so a couple of days ago, we kind of got heated on Twitter, and it was actually really stupid, but it was yeah, kind of funny. You you think you you call it heated, but I was just having a normal conversation. I think you think I'm getting really mad on the other end of things, but I'm really not. I don't know. That's the problem with Twitter, right? Is that you can't really tell if someone's bad or if they're just talking to you. 
Yeah, I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed. I was disappointed you were taking up the other side of the argument as if putting like one to 200 hours and probably like 500 to a thousand dollars of energy into testing the fire resilience of a number of different hard or cold storage wallets is like a good use of time and resources. Like just buy a fireproof safe and put it in that or, or put it in a safety deposit box. Like it's not, we (laughs) banks and, and bank accounts are one thing, but like a safety deposit box is a totally different service that you're asking for. Like, I guess you're trusting centralized control, but like, fuck, if you're going to put that much energy into it. No, it totally depends on your situation, but like, that's kind of just like the ridiculous thing about the 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 comment. It's kind of like the electricity police. It's like you can't use your electricity to do that. Like you can't use your time and energy to do that. Like well, what a ridiculous freaking comment. Like dude, there's plenty of time for people to mess with any of this yeah, stuff and why I mean, shouldn't someone create a freaking titanium uh, seed phrase? Be- I'll tell you why. Because he's not writing the article to illustrate the valuable the different value of a hardware or cold storage wallet in a fire he's writing it to fucking signal to other bitcoiners about how incredibly valuable bitcoin is going to be and therefore you need to put you know a thousand dollars and a hundred hours of energy into testing these fireproof cold storage wallets implying because it's just going to make bitcoin so incredibly valuable and it's just another bitcoiner just contributing to the bitcoin bitcoin act ponzi scheme where they're all trying to signal to each other and circle jerk with how valuable bitcoin is going to become that this shit is actually worthwhile to do it doesn't it's a he's he's it's a signaling article not a utility article it's just crazy that you went from like man does review of six wallets (laughs) see if they if they do as advertised to man signals and you know, the whole social construct is fucked. <laughs> Seem it just, well, yeah, one thing is reasonable. Well, that's one what, thing that's is just like, like, you're like coming to such drastic conclusions. <laughs> okay. So I'm totally putting words in the guys in the author's mouth. Right. Cause like he doesn't think that he's signaling, but that's so in the same way that like Bitcoiners will call a scam, or something a scam, even though they even though they f- know full well that the people participating in the platform think that they're being honest and contributing something good, they're still going to call it a scam. I'm doing the same thing to Bitcoiners, where like you guys just don't you guys are are producing this like Ponzi scheme, this this decentralized Ponzi scheme that it's not totally a Ponzi scheme because there's actually no one steering the ship and no one's going to exit with all the all the Bitcoin. But it is a Ponzi scheme because the, the only way for Bitcoin to work is if everyone convinces everyone else to buy into Bitcoin. And so that's like what an article like that is doing It's saying like, all right, like everyone buy all, buy all the Bitcoin possible and then buy this like super secure fire resistant cold storage wallet so that we can all be prepped for like, you know, the future, even though it's it's not at all guaranteed. Who is the guy you were telling me about that was giving that speech? I think it was at Magical uh, Crypto Conference about putting his daughter to bed. Can you go through that? You're talking about Matt Odell. I actually wasn't at this thing, but it was a while back. But uh, both my coworkers were there um, at a like live showing of uh, Tales from the Crypt. And this guy, Matt Odell. Is the man. Yeah, Rod, Rod, who's actually my coworker, is there. He said, Matt is the man. But um, Matt Odell is like saying... Hey, when you're tucking your baby to sleep, you got to ask yourself, do you have enough Bitcoin? So, 
Like, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it's just the biggest Ponzi scheme because, like, he's just telling you, like, there's as you're doing this most super important thing with your daughter or your son, like putting your kid to sleep, you need to be thinking about if you have enough fucking Bitcoin. And that's just like, like no, you don't need to be thinking about that. <laughs> Not at all. And don't tell other people that, that having enough Bitcoin is as important as paying attention to your child. Yeah, but I'm sure plenty of people are tucking their kids away and are like, man, do I have enough USD? Do I have enough assets to provide the life that I want to provide? So... He's just uh, replacing, you know, money with BTC. Right, but before Bitcoin is actually money. Uh, it's a speculative store of value in the United States. It could be money somewhere else. If you're if you're actually worried about making ends meet, you are not concerned about buying Bitcoin. I don't think you know that. I'm sure there's plenty of people that are. Just look at volumes in places with terrible uh, fiat currencies. Yeah, I'd also like to see the comparison with volumes to U.S. dollars in those same countries. I mean, look, let's be real. Like, it's a means to hopefully get U.S. dollars or something else, right? But it's also, if you look like someone was posting the Argentina chart, um, so like the Argentinian peso against the uh, against Bitcoin from 2017, and uh, they're already at all-time highs, right? So that means holding Bitcoin, it's equivalent to where it was when Bitcoin was $19,000. But if the value of an Argentine peso goes from like one to one tenth to one one hundredth, like it just cuts itself in a hundred slices because of inflation. Well, then the volume in Argentine pesos on bitcoins goes up by a hundred. So if the exchange or whatever the data that no, that was these, that, these a lot of these metrics that. are dollar are dollar regular uh are dollar they, denominated. Yeah, they dollar denominate them in order to standardize the volume. Okay, so this is why I super duper love Mariano Conti from MakerDAO who lives in Argentina and works uh, is the head of oracles at MakerDAO because this is where he would come in and she'll die because he lives in Argentina and he gets paid in die and he uses die to to live and to pay to pay people or and then he makes he sells a chunk of die every month to to Argentine pesos and uses that to live and so sure it it works both ways yeah, like he, he- yeah, no, I mean, like, we're saying that cryptocurrencies work. Yeah, true. Like, when you're shitting on Bitcoin, you're actually shitting on, like, No, because DAI's not currency. a fucking Ponzi scheme. Uh, I mean, you just said why Bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme, because there's no one at the top to exit scam. So, it, just because it uses right. those feedback mechanisms it's, it's, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. So, I feel like that's an important distinction. And Ether uses a lot of those same feedback mechanisms, so I don't really know why you're mad. It's 50% Ponzi scheme, 50% sound money. And the fact that it's not 100% of either of those things makes it not really either of those things. So it's not really a Ponzi scheme. And it's also not really sound money because the, the 21 million hard cap is just a total fucking lie. Again, like that is strictly your opinion. Because you, you, can't, you can't have hyper security and a hard cap at the same time. You, go, you only get to pick one of those things. And Bitcoiners are like, and we're going to pick both of those things. And you sprinkle in a little immaculate conception and boom, global reserve currency of the internet. It's like, no, you just skipped like so many steps. You don't get to have both. Huge dick on the table. (laughs) Whip it out, Bitcoiners. All right, yo. I think there's a good time to, uh, to show a future podcast. This week, we are going to be recording with a couple of awesome individuals in the space. The first is Christy Lay Mineham. Second is Dan Held, who 
I'm counting on to dispel this freaking mining FUD that David is constantly perpetuating. The Bitcoin blockchain will be freely able to be rolled back by any Joe Schmo with like 50 Bitcoins in like 2030. And I'm, I'm, being, I'm prepared to, uh, to throw everything I, I have at Dan Held. Wow. What a hill. What a hill to die on. It's going to be a good time. David, where can people find you on the internet so that way you can continue flooding Bitcoin to them? Uh, Yeah, if you want to listen to more Ethereum Maximal. As you guys can tell, I came back from Blockchain Week slash Ethereum New York as a more more of an Ethereum Maximalist than I I left Seattle as. And so if you want to continue to listen to this sort of behavior, you can follow me at Trustless State. (laughs) Oh, man. David on Twitter... Sometimes I, w- I have to mute the conversation. At, <laughs> at the crypto party I was, I, was at, I was hanging out with Amin Soleimani for a little bit, and uh, he gave me the advice that like, if you are pissing off 50% of people and the other 50% of people are, enjoy what you say, that's about the right ratio for like maximum attention. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to embody that here. All right. Well, if you want to get triggered in your Bitcoiner, follow Trustless State. If you want to hear pandering, that's me at CK underscore snarks. <laughs> Do you mean signaling? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I mean, hey, dude, I'm, I'm just expressing my ideas here. Um, I'm not trying to explicitly manipulate people to follow me, which apparently is what you're doing, but it's fun. Wait, how am I doing that? I don't know. You're, you're trying to, to, to manipulate the outrage factor in order to uh, maximize, uh, maximize the audience. No, I'm trying. I've elected to become less disinhibited and more uh uh just believe in what i what i say and not and kind of go after people that i that i disagree with a little bit a little bit harder so it's it's we're at we're at we're nearing episode 50 in pov crypto so it's time to it's time to really buckle down to what we meant to do here honestly you're just getting more toxic but it's okay toxicity (laughs) is uh, beneficial it's all about perception right yeah no it's just uh you know it's just funny how Ethereans are uh, are acting a lot more like Bitcoiners, and yeah, to me no, that, that just is... signals that they're uh, admitting that Bitcoiners have been right the whole time. Some some aspects of so like well, because once you make the bargain that Ether is money, you start having to to act like Bitcoiners, like the way the Bitcoiners have been acting since like you know 2014. So yeah, the, the, I mean, I will give Bitcoiners credit; they they made some of the right choices, especially when it comes to community and maximalism it's absolutely the right way to go because black blockchain maximalism is 100% real um, and that's 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 why it's important to be a maximalist well I think you might be more of a maximalist than me but we already knew that <laughs> everyone if you want to find the show you want to keep listening to uh, this banter at POV crypto pod on Twitter find us on iTunes five star reviews you know what to do Peace, guys. <laughs>